a dream of starting a business and growing it into a multi-million business or maybe a billion dollar business how is it is it i don't know i haven't grown one but i have someone who's done that and he's gonna share with us some great tips this is now tell us and i'm your host anthony Moirore. please remember to share this with your friends so that they can also come and enjoy what we are discussing here today and if you have a question ask it if you have a comment we appreciate feedback and without taking one more minute i'm going to ask you to join me as we go together to meet our guest today who is known as tana chidesta here we go Hello, Tana. Hey, Anthony, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming. Um, I appreciate your presence here. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to be here. Yes, and uh, we would be glad to know, where is it that you are at? Uh, I'm, I'm, in, I'm actually in a hotel in Costa Rica right now. Okay. Uh, so ironically, yeah. You're on a business trip or what is it that you are? No, no I'm, I mean, I'm honestly, I'm just traveling right now. And I came okay. down here... For, uh, stem cells actually so i got some stem cells just was curious about them and did that so uh th that was the main reason wow okay wow and how's the weather down there it's perfect actually uh it reminds me a lot of miami uh <laughs> so it's good it's summer down here but their summers are like 80 degrees so 70 to 80 degrees so it's pretty perfect okay so you're from miami uh i i grew up in houston but I've been living yeah. in Miami these four to five years. So uh -huh. that's kind of my grounds, yeah. Okay, welcome to Now Tell Us. We would like to know much more about uh, what is it that you currently do? And then we'll get to have some tips from you on growing a business. But before we go there, uh, let's know a bit about you growing up. Uh, as you were growing sure. up, how was it? Uh, yeah, how was it? Well, so I have six siblings. I got two brothers, four sisters. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. My dad was a teacher. Pretty conservative household, so very conservative. Uh, as a kid, I was bullied quite a bit. I was kind of strange, you could say, or weird. And around 12 years old, when I started to pick up on that, I started working out pretty religiously. I would go to the gym before school. And uh, that's kind of how I started building confidence and you know people started giving me compliments and then that actually turned into sports and i played american football from about 12 to 22 i took it very seriously and mm -hmm. then when that ended uh, i wanted to play in the nfl when that ended i started trying to build a business and then for about two two years or so i didn't have any progress i didn't make any money and then around 25 i made my first million doing a online fitness company the next year uh, I started consulting trainers who would ask me how I'd done it. And that did 10 million. And then the next year I started opening it up to any general business owner and that did 15 million. Um, and now we've done in excess of $60 million. And I stepped out 
you asked what I'm doing now. I actually stepped out as CEO on the 1st of January. And so now I'm just in an advisory role and an owner. And uh, currently I'm just traveling the world doing podcasts, reading books and kind of whatever I want. So that's uh, that's where I'm at currently. Wow, wonderful. And what got you interested in business uh, the f- at the first place? It's not everybody that goes into business. Yeah, honestly, I, I just didn't want to be poor. Uh, simple as that. So what, growing up, it, it wasn't that we were, you know, super poor. We, we had what we needed, mm-hmm. but it was always tight. And I always remember my parents having arguments um, or discussing, you know, the bills and stuff like that. So I just always remember saying, hey, I want to make so much money that I can always afford what I want and I don't have to stress out. And that really was the goal. Uh, I wish I had a deeper reason than that, but it was just I knew that was the only way to make as much as I wanted, at least when sports ended, right? Because I had this dream to play in the NFL and make millions of dollars there. But mm-hmm. when that ended, I had to pivot. Um, and it was either, you know, artist, athlete, you know, rapper, <laughs> actor. And I was like, no, that's going to work. So I went into business. Okay. And how easy was it getting started? I mean, <laughs> some people just go there and become successful I, I i kind of imagine that's your story because uh at, at, you said what your first year of business you made one million well not te- technically when i started making money so okay. my first year of business so i really started trying to build a business around 22 and a half or so mm-hmm. somewhere in there and i didn't start making money until i was 25 no started it was very difficult because I, I was selling a fitness program but i didn't know how to price it i didn't know how to sell it i didn't know how to market it and i tried doing things on my own till i was about 25 and then when i turned 25 i just felt this clock in my head of i'm running out of time mm-hmm. and so that's when i actually went and started hiring coaches and mentors and then that year i made my first million so when i actually started making real money my first year i did a million but the first two years I only made probably $2,000 in two years. It was very, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. And uh, I almost quit about five times, ironically, which is crazy now. But during those years, I really had no idea what I was doing. Hmm, That was a fast one. Because the stories that I usually hear of someone who's grown a big business says it took me 10 years, 20 years to make my first million. So you must have been a real quick one. (laughs) <laughs> I, I guess yeah i guess so uh-huh. so you share with us some of the secrets that uh, made you that uh, successful uh, we'll be glad to hear them yeah i think well the main one when someone asked what was that shift how you know you were going from making nothing to start making a lot mm-hmm. the big sh- the biggest shift honestly was just the price point and i was selling fitness programs at a 47 dollar price point. And so if I sold three in a day, you know, I'd only make 150 bucks, which really didn't change my life. I then was told, Hey, change your price to $1,500 plus. And when I changed it to that number, everything started clicking. Um, everything started changing very rapidly because, you know, now if I got three clients, I would make five grand, give or take. So as easy as that sounds, I just went from messaging people or posting links with a, you know, just a link to buy to messaging people to get them on a call. And then I sold them a higher price point. And I think I had this limiting belief that no one would buy at that price because it didn't make sense to me. Why would someone pay me $1,500 when they can get it here for 50? But people will do it uh, if you can build enough value and you can give them enough attention. So as soon as I did that, things just 
you know, I went from zero to basically making 10 K in a week. And then I just kept taking every single dollar I had outside of my living expenses and I just poured it back into my business. And so that's kind of been the story ever since. And my question is, and something that the listener or the viewer could be wondering, is this the same thing that you are selling at 50 and again at 1500, exactly the same thing? Yeah. So it, well, that's a great question. It essentially, it's the same thing. So the the only real difference is well i would say this it's more customized so when i was selling a 47 dollars program they would buy it and it would have different options but it was already preset options and they would choose so it, it would have for example you know anywhere from 1500 calorie diets to 5000 mm -hmm. and it would have anything from you know one day a week working out to six and they could pick when they pay this higher price point, I can take the time to customize it to exactly their needs and their wanting, and they have mm -hmm. communication with me. So the the increase in price point, really what they're paying more for, excuse me, more for is customization mm -hmm. and then attention. So it's similar, right? Like, I mean, it's similar, but you're getting a lot more attention from myself and then it's a little bit more customized. But overall, to be frank with you, I still didn't think they would buy it at that price point. <laughs> you know, it, it surprised me when it first happened. Because mm, I'm also not imagining, I'm, I'm, I mean, I am offering something at $28, and then I'm going to put it at $1,500 or maybe $2,000, and then <laughs> it means it's off, off this world for me to make that shift. <laughs> right. And, and it was. It, it, and honestly, I didn't think it would work. But I was so desperate because everything else I tried hadn't worked. If you had told me that when I started, I probably would have ignored you. But mm -hmm. I was so desperate. And then when I got on a couple calls and they paid right on the phone, I mean, they were giving me the credit card right on the phone. I, I couldn't believe it. I was shocked. Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe that it was actually happening. So how was it the first? Tell me what, what it was like, uh, that first client, that first customer that said, okay, uh, let, let's do it. How was yeah, it? Yeah. So, <laughs> well, so after I closed the deal, I remember um, the first feeling I actually had was anger because I felt that for two years I had gone through a really hard time and I was this close the entire time and I didn't know it. So the first feeling I actually felt was anger. The second feeling was probably elation that, okay, I figured this out. Um, and then actually the third thing I did after that was I actually called my parents and I said, hey, I figured this thing out. I'm going to move home if you let me so I can save money on rent. And then I'm going to build a business. And I actually built uh, my empire out of my parents' bedroom, uh, one of their bedrooms. And I did that just because once I started making sales, I just didn't want to lose it. I was so scared that it was going to go away. Um, and so I just did everything I could do to uh, continue to make money and focus. Where were you before that? If before I was, you moved into your parents' house. Yeah, so I was actually doing door-to-door -door sales in North okay. Carolina for a company called Alder. Yeah. And before this had taken off, I was knocking on doors, trying, thinking, right? I didn't know this at the time, but I was thinking, hey, if I just make more money, I'll have a real business. But really what actually helped me, Anthony, ironically, is the door-to-door -door knocking made me super, super skilled at sales. Mm -hmm. So I think that's also another reason when I finally started figuring out how to price my programs and market them, I crushed because, you know, I, I just done door to door sales for nine months and those people hate you. 
you know, and they have 25 different objections. When you're doing sales over the phone and they're interested, they only really have three objections, right? Price, spouse, think about it. Um, so I actually thought it was infinitely easier. I made infinitely more money. Uh, so it was actually a good time for me. I, I enjoyed it because I, I remember joking, these people actually want what I'm selling. <laughs> and that was the big takeaway. Mm. Now, I, I am guessing that the first client or the first customer of the high price was not the first one that said yes. Did you have some no's before that first person who said yes? And how? No. Yeah, ironically, um, no, the first three people I talked to did say yes. So I lucked out. Wow. Uh, and I, yeah. And I think, but the, I think the reason was they had been following me for a long time. And so mm -hmm. the first thing I did is I started messaging, you know, my followers and people who commented on my social media. And uh, luckily the first three people I spoke to made pretty good money. So for them, they're like, oh, 500 bucks a month. Yeah. Like no problem. Uh, but for me, I was like, whoa, 500 bucks a month. Like I felt like that was a ton. So uh, I lucked out. I think that really obviously helped my confidence. Um, I did obviously start getting no's after that, but I think um, the, the fact that I did get yeses right at the beginning, it was a blessing because it gave me this inflated sense of belief and ego that I probably needed to keep going. Hmm. I'm imagining right now, because we have some people who are listening to us and we have RJ Ahmed and many other people who we may not see their names here and they're watching us. Uh, they, they, they have questions. And if you have a question out there, please send it and we will be glad to answer it. Or rather, Tana is going to answer it uh, because he's come to now tell us. Now, um, those people who may be listening could not be into the fitness industry. They could be doing some other things. How do you put things together to come up with a business that is high ticket and just give us some ideas, some different ideas that you may have. Sure. Uh, hmm. you know, uh, I think like two good resources first off is, you know, like a, a, a book that I thought was very well written is a good friend of mine, Alex Ramosi's book, hundred million dollar offers. It's a really good book. If you're not sure how to start. Um, I, I had a, I, I'm not, not to plug, but I had a, I had a book I wrote that also kind of talks about my journey, but outside of those readings, I always tell people to start just very simply start something that you're going to help people get in better shape. You're going to help people with better relationships or you're going to help people make more money or save money. Right. Cause those are the three things everyone wants. In fact, right now I went through this last 10 years was a very business money focus for me. Mm -hmm. And now I'm more of a relationship, I would say personal life focus. Mm -hmm. um, people always want those things. So if you can pick one of those three categories, and then decide on a skill that you have that fits the bill. So, you know, obviously if you're a trainer, you can do health. If you're some type of marketer or you can know how to do ads or you can do graphics, that would be financial. And then if you're a dating coach or you've been in marriage for a while, you can do relationship. A lot of times, uh, Anthony, people will say, oh, but I, you know, I'm not good at anything, which I don't think is true. But if you really don't think you're good at anything, what you can do is go to a site called udemy.com. It's U-D-E-M-Y.com. Mm -hmm. And they have courses on anything you can think of that are very cheap, right? So if right out of the gate, you're like, hey, I can't afford a guy like Tanner or I don't want to spend that much money. You can just go there and they have skills from Facebook ads to mindset coaching or you know what, anything you can possibly think of. You can pay for those courses for a couple hundred bucks, learn the skill, and then that becomes a skill you sell. And you know, all businesses is 
an exchange of money. It, it's really not that complex. If someone says, Hey, what do I have to do to be in business? You just have to find someone who will give you money in exchange for the service. Mm-hmm. So that's the best way to start. And then once you do that, you just start reaching out to people on social media, whether it's people who follow you, or you can do what I call cold DMs to people who don't know you. Mm-hmm. And then everything else from there is a skill. Um, and those skills just have to be learned, you know, so you can either go do door to door for nine months like I did, or you can put in your 10,000 hours sitting at home on the couch, but either way you got to put in your hours. Hmm. Thank you for that. Sure. I choose relationship. Let's say I am a family man. I've been married for some time. Uh, give me a high ticket uh, package that I'm going to offer someone. Sure. So typically in relationships, it's either going to be for guys. So guys specifically, one of the ones you're going to see all the time is, you know, hey, are you a guy who, you know, you make good money or you're in good shape, but you're not confident with girls. So maybe dating. Right. The other one is typically going to be how to have like a more fulfilling marriage or like how to stop getting a divorce. Right. Because that's obviously a big pain point. One of those two is typically going to be what you're going to go with. And then when you go to them, you just the, the thing you say is, well, hey, it's $5,000. Oh, that's a lot. Okay, well, if $5,000 saves your marriage, are you good with that? If $5,000 helps you find your next wife, are you good with that? And the answer is always yes, right? It's just building enough value. Um, those are typically the two I see the most. Now, I'm sure there's others. But if I was going to do some type of relationship course myself, right, with what I know, it would be about dating, right? It'd be for guys on how to get beautiful women or how to talk to them or you know, how to treat them or whatever it is for you. It might be more marriage based, but I would just go with one of those two angles. And then when it comes to the price point, it just has to be a big enough pain and you have to build enough value that your program, right? Whatever you're going to teach them in the program, the three things you're going to teach or the two things is going to be enough to fix their problem. That's all it comes down to. And for this 5,000, what's the duration? What's the time? Is it, do I, is it a one week, one month or whatever time? What, What time do you give it? Yeah. And, well, and it's how, funny. Yeah, what, it's, what is the frequency of this thing that you're going to do? The yeah. one of coaching or what? Sure. Well, it's funny you say that because the the, the true answer is it could be any time. Uh, I actually this month have paid for a retreat that's a week that's seventy five hundred. There's a second retreat that's eighty five hundred, and then the stem cells I just did was thirty thousand. So, you know, these people are selling me high ticket, um, and I'm paying all of it, right? But I would say on average, right? Because everyone who's listening, they want more of a what's the general answer. Mm-hmm. On average, I would say it's three months, right? Because three months is usually the minimum time I would say to change a behavior. Now it could be sooner, but the sooner it is, the more attention they want. So for example, I just paid $7,500 for a retreat for a week. That's in person 12 hours a day. Mm -hmm. It makes sense, right? It's like, it's a week, but it's all day long. If you're doing 7,500 bucks, but it's all online and you only do, let's say, you know, one call a week, that it's going to have to be a longer timeline and it doesn't have to. It's just, I think for most people to wrap their head around the price, that makes it easier. So I would say on average, it's going to be three or four months. Um, depending on, you know, if you're just starting out, you might offer them, you know, Hey, you get one call a week or one call by weekly. And then you can message me as much as you want on boxer or Slack or WhatsApp or text message, whatever you want. Um, and then you might also have course material, right? So, Hey, watch these videos, do these things. And that typically is what you would say you would see on average. Uh, obviously, it's can completely vary per business owner, but that's what I would suggest, like as an average answer. Mm, thank you, and we we appreciate that uh, insight. Now, um, 
I know you've interacted with a lot of businesses and as maybe you also faced uh, this challenge somewhere along the line. What could be the biggest challenge that you've heard people who are in business talk about or, or have I witnessed them face that this challenge? Yeah, I, the real, the biggest issue for most people is they're just not very good. Um, and what I mean by not very good is they're not good at sales specifically. Because mm -hmm. if you're if you're good at talking, if you're good at speaking, if you're good at convincing, everything else doesn't have to quite be as good. Because so, for example, let's say you're very good at persuasion, but your program actually sucks. Well, they don't know your program sucks till they actually buy, right? So, mm -hmm. the way a business stays in business is you keep making money. So even if you had a bad program, if you're getting five thousand, five thousand, five thousand, you can continue to use it to make a better business to make a better program to get new clients that you do a better job. But if you have a great program, but you can't make any sales, you're still going to go out of business. So I think the biggest issue I see for 99% of business owners is simply, they're just not very good at communication. They're not good at messaging. They're not good at conversations on the phone. They don't know how to do a sales call. They don't know how to convince someone. They don't know how to persuade. They don't know how to handle objections. And I wish there was an easy answer, but you just have to learn through repetition. Um, so people go, well, Tanner, you know, like even you, you're like, well, Tanner, you know, the first year you started actually making money, you did a million, but they didn't see the two years before where I did nine months of door to door sales and I was a server and I played, you know, at the collegiate level for football. So I had all these adversities and I think prep time before that I didn't realize it was prep time, but it actually was. Hmm. That's a good one. And also Jordan, Anthony says that's a great point. So thank you, Anthony, <laughs> my namesake. And everybody, everyone else who's watching out there, please give us feedback, comment, ask a question or anything. We appreciate that. And I'm imagining being a millionaire, they say that birds of a feather flock together. So I'm imagining that you've rubbed uh, shoulders with some high flying people. Uh, any names you could drop if you would? Yeah. Uh, so I actually have, if you go to my Facebook, there's, there's a pinned post at the top and it's got about 30 people who I've had conversations with who have sold for either nine or 10 figures. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I would say one of the, you know, I brought Alex Ramosi earlier. I, I consider him a good friend and he's obviously a great business owner, but that I've, I've talked about 30 plus people or so. Um, I wouldn't say like I'm the, you know, the best friends with all of them, but obviously acquaintances, but um, some, some that like pop off is uh, Justin Hartfield. He sold WeMaps for 1.6 billion. Scott Cohen sold for over a billion. I talked to Kim Perel. She sold a company for over a hundred million. So quite a few people, but uh, you know, when I'm on those calls, I'm usually picking their brains and, trying to see what I can learn from them. Hmm. That's good. So you've been learning quite a lot. Give us one or two or three secrets that you've learned from those great other great people because you consider, you know, you, you've been talking to them and you've picked quite some <laughs> interesting things. What could be the things that you would like to share with us, those who are dreaming big and want to get there? Yeah, so the patterns I've seen throughout those calls uh, it's two main things. The first is that most of the people who sold for over a billion had an internet marketing background. So they knew how to run ads. They knew how to do phone sales. They built teams before. Um, so kind of the skills you actually learn or that I would say I've learned, 
that was a base for a lot of them. So that was interesting to see. Then the second thing that I thought was interesting was that they had services or products that were very easy to fulfill. So for example, the companies I run now actually have very high levels of service. It's one-to-one. It's a lot of touch points. There's a lot of attention. We have in-person events. We have group calls. We do Zooms like this, restreams, right? What they had is it was almost zero fulfillment. So I'll give you an example. Justin Hartfield sold weed maps. Weed maps is like Yelp for weed. So all he would do is he would have all these business owners who had weed stores who would pay him to list on there and get ranked. And then people would go and comment and say, oh, this is a great store. This is a great weed product, whatever. And that's it. So he has no fulfillment, but he's getting paid a ton of money, right? That's another reason why tech companies get high multiples because once you pay for it, that's pretty much it. Mm -hmm. The second thing um, outside, and that was, I mean, and that was pretty much it. The second example was uh, Scott Cohen who sold Byte and Byte was an Invisalign competitor but he was better at marketing because he had an internet marketing background. So he just out marketed Invisalign. So like Invisalign was doing TV commercials and they had a sales team. I think he actually said it was in Panama or Costa Rica was one of the two. Mm-hmm. His was in, his sales team was in the U S he was uh, marketing on Facebook and Instagram. And so he beat them and sold for over a billion in a year. And again, it's easy fulfillment. Like they come in, they slap on the braces, they're pr- pretty much done. And then they probably upsell recurring like, dental visits or whatever else. So for me, I think the most interesting thing to see is that if you want to scale a company to a billion, it's a lot easier if it's easier fulfillment, right? So, you know, even like Apple, like you buy this phone and you're done. Um, That's a lot easier to fulfill and give everyone the same level of service. The reason, last thing I'll say on it is the reason that service-based businesses can get usually to one, two, maybe $3 million a month but then they struggle to scale after that is because if I get George, who's a 10 and I get Tom, who's a five and I get Sally, who's a three, well, George and Sally and Tom get the same experience, but George gets the best results because he's more skilled. Mm-hmm. So you have to think about if you had people who were not very bright, right? I'll just say not very bright. What can you do that's going to make them get the same experience and same results regardless of that? And that is the question that you have to answer. And if you can answer that question, I think you can build a nine or 10 figure company. Um, and that's part of what I'm doing this year is I'm trying to figure out what's the next company that I can build where everyone will win at the same level. Because I'll be honest with you, I've had 25,000 consulting clients. Not everyone gets the same results. And it's not because we don't try to do a great service. It's just mm-hmm. some people are just not as good. So because of that, their perception of the outcome is negative versus this guy's who's a super positive. And so you don't get that word of mouth at the highest level like Apple does or iPhone because, oh, I love my iPhone. Next person. I love my iPhone. They're, they're not going to say anything bad about it because the iPhones all do the same thing. So hopefully that makes sense. And I go too much on a tangent, but that's really the biggest things I learned from uh, those conversations. Well, thank you for that. It's quite uh, something for us. Now, uh, I want to imagine, and um, many people would agree with me, that nobody succeeds alone. So how was it, or how has it been up to now uh, with you working with people uh, or people working for you? Tell us about that. Yeah, so I have to give, my first mentor ever was David Fry. 
and David Fry is from the Click Funnels world. He introduced me to it. Mm-hmm. Um, he taught me everything I know about building products and sales pages and ads. He, he kind of gave me that infrastructure that I needed um, to go and be successful. Um, outside of that, I've spent about two and a half million dollars on my own personal education to date. I've spent a lot of money on different coaching programs, agencies, recruiters, whatever. Um, and, and that's part of the game. And I think that's good because you learn very quickly mm-hmm. and what not to do and what to do. Um, outside of that, you know, building my teams, um, that's been a great learning experience. I've, we have a hundred plus people now and, uh, you just learn a lot. I mean, you, you learn a lot about building teams, about culture. You learn, in fact, I didn't think culture really mattered at all. Uh, now I think it matters more than anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you learn about the fact that hiring someone with more experience tremendously helps your business more because you don't have to spend all your time managing them and training them. You can just leave them alone and they can do stuff. Um, but to any, you know, to anyone who's, you know, looking for mentors or they don't feel like they can afford them. I can't remember them off the top of my head right now. I actually made a reel about this, but if you just type in, uh, how to find a mentor on Google, there's like three sites that I forget the names right now, but you can go. And I think they're as cheap as like 30 bucks a month where you actually have access to someone where you can ask questions and get help. And it may not be the best in the world, right? But there's very few places you can pay 30 bucks a month and get a mentor who has some type of business savvy or um, experience around the thing you're trying to do. So the the big thing is if if you want to be successful, there's ways. You just have to be willing to do what it takes. Um, It will be uncomfortable and it won't always be fun. But I mean, that's why that's why success feels good, because uh, it's, it's hard. Wow. And I just, I just love the, the way that you are giving it out there. Someone go here, go there. And you're just letting people know that success is out there somewhere. You've just got to go and research, go and find out and go and do something. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I, I used to think that if someone else was successful, then it meant I couldn't be. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that the, the size of the pie remains the same. So, you know, if this is all the money in the world, if someone else is being successful, all it means is that they're taking a bigger chunk of this same size pie. But if you can go out and deliver a service, all that will happen is some of that money they're having will get siphoned to you because people will decide to spend with you versus them. Mm -hmm. And I never, I never thought of it that way. I just thought, well, if he's making a lot of money, that means I can make less, but that's just not true. There's so many people that the size of the pie always remains the same, or sometimes it gets bigger because our governments keep printing money, right? And that's why there's inflation. Mm-hmm. And then all you have to do is take your handful, and then usually it just gets reallocated from someone else. So um, it's not, there's plenty for everyone. Like you just have to be willing to go out and do it. And, and you get paid based on the skills that people deem you have. You get paid no less or no more. So if you want to get paid more, you have to bring more skills to the marketplace or you have to be more valuable and you'll get paid accordingly. That's just how it works. Oh, that's very good. Now, okay, we come from sending people out there now to inviting people. Invite people who, someone who is listening to come. What kind of a person would you invite to get closer to you and in what way uh, would, would it be of benefit to both of you? Yeah. So like, I mean, if, so if someone was trying to get close to me, you said, yeah. Um, yeah, I think one of the best ways you can try to get close to someone is you figure out what they need and then you just do it. 
Mm-hmm. So a lot of times people will message me or they'll say, hey, you know, can I work for you for free or can I do this thing for you? The problem is if someone says, hey, can I work for you for free? I have to figure out what he can do. Right. And then I have to train him. So okay. that doesn't actually really benefit me. Right. Because now I have to take time out of my day to show him what to do to make him useful for me versus he just does it. Um the other thing is then if they say, hey, what can I do for you? I have to think something up. So I think what is really beneficial or what gets you ahead is if you have someone that you're trying to get close to or influence, figure out what they need, right? So let's say you're a video editor mm-hmm. and you wanted to impress me. Go find my clips, edit them up, make them better. Come to me and say, hey, I don't know if you need a video editor, but I took some of your clips and here's some of my work. Let me know if you'd like you know, to see more. Like that would be something that would take me a lot more likely to respond, more likely to bring them on the team Mm -hmm. than if they just say, hey, I'm a video editor. Do you have work for me? So I think that's a key point. And that's something that I'm trying to do with my closer relationships or people I want to get close to is try to figure out what it is they need Mm -hmm. and just send it to them without asking anything. And then they feel a lot more likely or it's a lot more likely they're going to reciprocate that action. Mm. Wow, that's it's quite. Now we are almost coming to the end of the show, but uh, we feel like just staying there and listening to more, much more of what you've got to say to, to us today. Uh, but since we've got to go at some at, at some point, how can people find you? Because I know there are people who are interested to know about more about you. How would you advise them to get to know what it is that you're doing? How to get to connect with you? Well, yeah. So YouTube, I'm going on. uh, I'm trying to do as many videos as I can. So YouTube would be the first place, just my first and last name. And then if not YouTube, Instagram, Um, those are probably the most two active platforms for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right there. One of those two places you'll you'll see me. And would you like to share with us your website? We just. Yeah. 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 Um, If you know, for anyone who's listening, obviously, you know, I've scaled a coaching business to 60 million plus and if that's something you're looking to do or you're trying to learn skills on how to build a business, uh, one of my companies is EliteCOs.com, and uh, you can just check us out there. Okay, that's wonderful. Yeah, so everyone, you can go to www.elitecos.com and connect with Tanner there. It's wonderful. We appreciate your presence here. It's been a wonderful moment with you here. And... Uh, yeah, we will we, we'll, we'll definitely go and apply some of the things that we've learned here. Thanks so much for having me, Anthony. Appreciate yeah, it. I'm looking forward to be a millionaire sometime soon. So, but, but then but I need some, I don't know, I'm going to practice 28 to 1500, 28 to 1500, maybe. <laughs> That's not easy. <laughs> it's not. It's a, jump, it's a jump, but it's like anything. Once it's you do it, once you it's, it's yeah, uh, it Mm-hmm. It's a jump, but but we've got to get there. If you have a big dream, then you're gonna take some big steps. I I agree with you. Now, before you go, leave us with a few things that we should always remember. Which are they? Yeah, I think I think people will ask me, you know, what are the things you wish you did differently? Um, and so I think what I wish I had done differently was I wish I had hired help sooner. So I wish I had just went and humbled myself and become more resourceful, save more money, paid someone. Um, and then I think number two is just, it sounds very cliche, but you just never give up. And, and the reason I say that is not 
because I think it sounds good out of a book. But if you look at my first two years of business, I made $2,000, right? If you look at my next four and a half years or so, I made 60 million. And so just because you're struggling now doesn't mean you're always going to struggle. In fact, it means it's probably more likely you're closer to success because when you fail, you learn not don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And so you're getting closer and closer to what the truth is. So I would just highly recommend people, you know, I almost quit. I feel I have a very strong mentality and I almost quit and went back to school. And so I know if I almost did that, then people who are watching this could also be thinking that. And so the sooner you hire someone, typically, the sooner you will speed up your success and the more likely it is you will be successful because the longer you go without, you know, a little bit of a win, you're more likely to quit. Because if you're spending all your time trying to build a company, you're making no money and people are laughing at you and telling you you're stupid and you should stop wasting your time. After a while, you'll start to believe them if you haven't had some success. And so I, I stuck through it and I barely made it, but I was very close to not becoming who I am today because I was prideful. Um, so th that's really the two things I'd leave people with. Well, thank you. They, 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 they are great points, great points there. Just, just wondering to myself, which point which part of my business should i think of hiring first uh usually whatever takes you the most time but it's the least important so what i mean by that is typically one of the easiest positions to hire for is fulfillment but it also takes the most time so that's usually where i start you could you can make the argument that sales takes more time but it's more important so i usually start with fulfillment because if you have a good program, the fulfillment is usually the easiest to deliver on, right? To follow through with. And it's the easiest to hire for. And it takes a lot of time. So you get a lot of time back. Um, I wouldn't do sales first. If I had to pick an order, I'd do fulfillment, lead generation, or like a setter, sales rep, and then probably ads from there. That would be like my first four hires. Okay. Wow. That's, and that's quite a great insight following in that order. We, we really appreciate everything that we've shared. I actually feel that we should have you back sometime sooner to sure. continue sharing with us some great points like you've shared with us today. Sure, yeah, I'd love to come back anytime. And thanks for having me, Anthony. Yes, thank you. And I also want to take this opportunity to thank every person who's been watching or listening. And also, if you've listened to this, the recorded version of it, we thank you too for taking your time. You can always remember to go to nowtellus.com and get us a feedback. Or go to eliteceos.com and connect with Tana. That's about it for today. It's been a wonderful time with all of you here. This has been your host, Anthony Murode, and together with our guest today, Tana Chidesta, we're saying, go and be a millionaire, maybe a billionaire, just go and do it. <laughs> Bye for now. Bye.